0: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Make sure you listen every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also, check out our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Monday, October 5th, uh, and we have a pretty good episode for you guys today. A lot to talk about, a lot of football to get to, um, some baseball coming up later. Uh give you guys our thoughts from Sunday and uh predict for Monday night. Uh I have Tim with me on the phone. It's gonna be another distance podcast. Tim, what's going on?
1: Uh, you know, not much. Getting ready you ready for another great podcast Yeah, we
0: got a lot to talk about from Sunday There were a lot of big games, you know um, A lot of good storylines So I'm definitely interested Alright, um, so I want to start out with What we thought about some of these games On Sunday um, And Like you said, we did have some games I know the Browns-Cowboys game You have a nice uh, a rant coming up For us later in uh, segment 2 On that one, so we won't dive into there too much But I mean, you look around and you had games like Chargers Buccaneers, uh, Seahawks Dolphins, even the Jags and Bengals game. Um, You know, Burrow. There weren't a lot of bad
1: games, you know.
0: Yeah, Uh, we had a very good assortment this week. Um, And let's start with Burrow. So he gets his first win. Um, There it is, thirty is. 33-25 over the Jaguars. Burrow going twenty five for thirty six. 300 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and a 92.4 passer rating. Uh, Minshew going 27 for 40, 351 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and 101 passer rating. Here's the thing. Burrow got his first win, but this was not Burrow's best game. Uh, the running game for Cincinnati with uh, Mixon is really what sealed the deal. Uh, and I feel like without Mixon kind of stepping it up this week, I think maybe the Bengals dropped that one.
1: I agree. I think, I think Mixon was huge. Um, not only, not only um, rushing the football. Yeah, obviously 20, 25 or one fifty-one and two touchdowns is great. Um, then he had six catches for thirty yards and another touchdown through the air. Um, he was just a huge target, and it just goes to show that he is one of the only, one of the only weapons on that team. Um, I mean, yeah, AJ Green's great. We know he was great. But look, one catch for three yards is not going to cut. Um. Even look at uh, outside of Tyler Boyd. I mean, even T. Higgins was decent. Um, I'd like to see him as a bigger body receiver. Maybe get a touchdown in the red zone or something like that. They didn't go to it much in the red zone. Um, but no, I, I thought Burrow looked decent. I thought he could have been a little bit more efficient. And I obviously don't like the don't like the interception. But 300 yards—that's that, a solid game, right? And I'm- he did enough for them to win. He didn't—he
0: didn't take them out of the football game. Which I think, as a rookie in his fourth ever game, I think that's. That, that's good. Yeah. I think with guys like Burrow and Baker, if they can avoid throwing too many interceptions, avoid the turnovers, that's really what you're looking for. I mean, if you look at Baker, he threw zero interceptions this week. And he only threw for 165 yards, but he threw zero picks. That's all you need out of him, you know? So I, that's kind of what I thought about Burrow. Uh, where do you I, I
1: agree. Um, I also think uh, real quick – Um. I almost feel bad for Joe Burrow but f- but because his offensive line is so bad. But finally, there was a game that he only got sacked.
0: He only got sacked one time. I know. I looking- mean, that, that is he, – he should,
1: I don't know, pray or, or um, be superstitious. Whatever he did before this game with the offensive line, he should do every game because before this game, he was on pace to get sacked. I believe the number was um, like 78. Close to 80 times. You know, that's like one and a half times the amount that Andrew Luck got hit. And Andrew Luck ended up retiring because he got hit so much. So um, I think that was a huge story. A yeah. huge story. Uh, only one second off the line needs to somehow repeat that performance. Well,
0: he also, though, he's proved to be kind of mobile and being able to escape some of the pressure that he was seeing. I think that we saw a different type of Joe Burrow uh, on Sunday.
1: No, I agree. His mobility is is great.
0: Yeah. Uh, what game do you want to go to next?
1: Um, let's see here. Oh, how about we go? You know, the game that we were split on. Uh, the Vikings and Texans, or no? Do we both say Vikings?
0: No, nah, I said Texans.
1: Okay, well we're split on. So I said the Vikings. I said, uh, well, obviously both teams zero and three. Something's got to give. Yep. Um,
0: and once again, the story was the fact that Deshaun Watson has has no one around him. Yeah.
1: No, this guy went for 111 QBR, 20 for 33, 30 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, But again, the run game wasn't there. David Johnson only amassed 63 yards. Duke Johnson um, only added 24 more. It was just, it was not good.
0: No. Um, I did not like what I saw uh, from that Texas offense. Um, other than Deshaun Watson, he seems to be the only glimmer of hope uh, in Houston right now.
1: Um, I agree. There's just not a lot of if, talent.
0: If he that, has, lucky, well,
1: I do want to say they have a lot of big names. I feel like, yeah, but the big names are just like I feel like they just don't perform. Like J.J. Watt, yeah, he's great, but he's not to the level of like an Aaron Donald anymore in his career where he can change games. Right. You I know, he changes a very small amount of games.
0: I mean, um, even just being a that position, that defensive end position in general, even if you are the best in the league, very rarely does that impact. Does that one position have an impact on the? Yeah, there's, there's only a,
1: there's only really a very few amount of guys that can change a game from you know the defensive line. And I would I think, think th- Aaron Donald's one of them. I think I think even T.J. Watts getting to that point.
0: I was just about to say um, because T.J. of his
1: ability to take the football away from people. T.J. But um, would be. Kind it's weird, of up there. but yeah, I agree. It's weird because Aaron Donald and uh, and a guy like T.J. Watt. Um do it completely differently. Right. Um, we're gonna offend here a little bit of a tangent. I think uh, Aaron Donald, it's his consistent pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the I mean yes, he'll force the fumbles, yeah, he'll he'll force tip balls that end up being interceptions. Yes, he'll get all that. But just the way he can consistently hit the quarterback and live in the backfield, that's how he changes games. Yes. T.J. Watt, it might not be every play, but when he does get in there, he's gonna make a count, he is gonna get that football. He's gonna get he's knock it loose or he's going to just straight up of take it from them. Right. Um, so I think they've got those guys. Both are able to change the game. Um, but I don't think J.J. Watt is at this point in his career anymore. No. But like I was saying, they still have the big names. They have Deshaun Watson. They have J.J. Watt. They have David Johnson, who used to be a big name. They have Randall Cobb, Will Fuller. They have all this all this talent. But it doesn't seem like it shows up on Sundays.
0: Yeah, I just don't think they fit very well together. I mean, Will Fuller's not bad, but he just doesn't fit with, uh, with Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I, I think... agree.
1: Um, real quick, because I know we spent a little bit more, more time on this game than we thought, uh, thought we were. Um, Justin Jefferson's emerging as a really, really good receiver. Yes. Four catches for 103. He's a big play threat. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, they rushed out and cook exactly how you should. Give them the ball 20-plus times a game. You'll see the benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, we can move on to New Orleans at New Orleans at Detroit. Okay. I told you guys that the spread was a little bit deceiving. Like I didn't think, um, yeah, I, I said it was going to be a very close game, and it was. You're right. Yeah.
0: Um. Who would you who we pick on that one? We picked New Orleans.
1: Yeah, we both picked New Orleans, but okay. um, it was it was really close. It was, it was really close. Um, um, they were down there for a while. They were down fourteen seven going into the second quarter. Yes. Um, they were able to come back. Drew Brees actually threw a pick for the first time. I don't even know how long. Well, Actually, he has two this year, but I feel like he's always so so efficient. I never even see him throw interceptions.
0: Well, yes, but he also wasn't pushing the ball down the field again this week.
1: Um, yeah, I, I agree. I feel like there's a lot, a lot of dumping off Pemara three catches for thirty-six yards. Emmanuel Sanders, who isn't really, um, he's more of a slot guy uh, on this offense. He was getting a lot of targets, so yep. I
0: agree. Uh, next game.
1: Oh yeah. Um. Let's see. Baltimore and Washington. Okay. Um, I believe the, what the spread was – let's check. <clears throat> I forget what the spread was. I remember it was really, really large.
0: Yeah, that one was about – I thought it was like seven and a half was, or something.
1: No, no, no. it was almost two touchdowns. Really? Yeah, I forget what it was, though. Um, but I said, hey, watch the spread. You never know. I mean, it wasn't that close. Washington got kind of a garbage-time touchdown. Um, I, I did like Dwayne Haskins, though, and here's why. I know he didn't throw any touchdowns. What I like is the no interceptions, and the, he was pretty efficient, you know? Yeah, he was. Um, 32 for 45 for 314, so he was able to be relatively efficient with no running
0: game. Just,
1: no running game. He was able to drop back there. Everyone knew he was going to pass, and he was able to do it pretty well, well and not make a mistake, and that's, that's what was huge for me. And he also ran in a touchdown, so he showed he's pretty mobile.
0: Yes, but his – lack of a running game is probably, I would say, the biggest reason why he didn't have any passing touchdowns. And no, I agree. Because of, that's why – okay, your running game is what's going to set you up for success in the red zone. When you get into the red zone, the threat of running the ball is going to make those, those passes open up.
1: The boot legs, the right. waggles, you know.
0: Right. So, I right, agree. Really anything. If they don't have to key on your running back and they can just sit back in protection, you're not going to throw many touchdowns in the red zone. So that is one of the reasons I don't think it's Dwayne Haskins' fault, but I do think it's, it's the running game in uh in Washington.
1: No, I agree. And um go so over on the flip side, it was basically, you know, the Lamar show. He didn't put up crazy stats, but he was he was really solid, you know. Very just dependable. Um, three total touchdowns, one pick, hundred and eight QBR. Yeah. Um, only good. seven incompletions. Was able to rush the ball for fifty three yards, averaging uh seven point six a carry, which is what you like to see that he had that fifty yard touchdown run. Yes. Um so he he was good. Like I said, he did enough and he didn't need to do a whole lot against a, a less talented team and he did enough.
0: Right.
1: It was a good I feel like it was a good game all
0: around. Yeah.
1: Um, um, how about, uh, a, a kind of a shocker game? The Chargers at the Bucks.
0: Okay, yes. Um.
1: Now, I want to I wanna talk about something. Well, the fact that the Chargers blew this lead was really bad. Yeah. It was really bad. Their defense looked terrible in the second half. Um, but here's what I want to talk about. People are going to say, oh, Tom Green looks really good with five touchdowns. Only one pick. Um, here's what I thought was more impressive: Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, Herbert threw for eighty less yards on but how many less? Was twenty-one less throws.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, seriously, three touchdowns, one pick, averaging almost twelve yards a throw. His QB was one hundred and thirty-eight. Yeah. yeah, I know Brady had. I know Brady had more touchdowns. I don't care. I really don't. And the thing is Justin Herbert and his what? Is this second career start? Uh,
0: yeah, second. This is the
1: third. This is the third. Second or third. This is the second 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 second. start, third game. Yes. Um see. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this is his third start. Oh okay. And with no running game, he was a leading rusher for five carries for 14 yards. Austin Eckler got hurt early, had two carries for 12 yards, got hurt. Joshua Kelly actually averaged less than a yard a carry, nine carries for seven yards. Um, Justin Jackson, six carries for nine yards. So he had no help. He was literally told, hey, take the ball, look downfield, done it. And he had 138 QBR, only one mistake throw. Yeah. I mean, Brady with 46 throws, five touchdowns. I mean, yeah, it was good. It was impressive. So I think their offense could be um, but I was really impressed with Justin Herbert. I thought that was more restored than he.
0: Oh, I was coming too- in with
1: coming in with a lot of injuries. Tyrod's out. He only making his third career start, getting thrust in the spotlight against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, with no running game. His defense is banged up. He was able to give them a chance to win the football game.
0: Yes. Um, The thing that, like, stands out to me is just how much more, um, I want to say, yeah, efficient Justin Herbert was than Brady. I mean, like you said, Brady threw threw the ball 46 times, completed 30 of his passes. Okay, so there's 16 passes that weren't completed. Justin Herbert threw only 25 times but completed 20 of his 25 passes. Okay. Oh, he's incredibly he, efficient. He only <laughs> missed on five, and threw for and almost was a pick. And almost yeah, and he, had,
1: he had one bad mistake. Yeah. One bad mistake all game.
0: Yeah, and he threw for almost three hundred yards, ten yards short from three hundred yards, three touchdowns, only one pick, and with a one hundred and thirty-eight rating. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the Chargers know they got their guy. Yep. I think they, I think they got to know at this point. He looks good. He's only going to get better. To be honest with you, yeah. and especially when he gets a lot of a lot of weapons back. Hunter Henry's been in and out, banged up, hasn't really hasn't had a really good start. Um, and then his defense has been banged up, and now Austin Eckler's banged up. So, yes. well, we need to get through
0: these games and get to our Monday prediction. So let's rip through the rest of these pretty quick. Um, all right,
1: Seattle. I told you guys it was going to be a, a trick, longest trip in the NFL. It ended up being a pretty close game, but once again, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He actually threw a pick for the first time. Um I think since like what week one. Yeah. Uh so I mean I, I, I thought I thought he looked good. And then, I thought then he fit- looked good. On the flip um, side
0: real quick, Fitzpatrick looked terrible.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he did. He had two those two bad mistakes. Um outside of that he looked good. If you don't throw those two mistakes, you're fine. But of course he did. Yeah. And that's always been a knock on him. He can always put up the stats, but he always makes those mistakes. Um on to Arizona Carolina. Okay. Um, it looked like the one-man Kyler, Kyler show, and um, that's not a recipe to win games. No, it isn't. I mean, yes, he only threw for 133 yards, but uh, he was really efficient, 24 for 31, three touchdowns,
0: mm-hmm. um, had
1: a QBR of 117, and was their leading rusher with six carries for 78 yards. Yeah, um, Their defense didn't really hold up that well, and he had no running game besides himself. So, I mean, play action wasn't available um, even DeAndre Hopkins uh, was not getting down the field enough. No, um, only, he only had, I mean, yes, he had seven catches, great volume. Only 41 yards. We need to be pushing the ball downfield a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater did enough to win them the game. I thought Mike Davis, the backup running back, um, filling in for Christian McCaffrey was a story. 16 for 84 and a touchdown.
0: Yeah, he, uh, um, he carried the weight as – as well as he could have, I think. I mean, he's not. No, I gonna... agree. I
1: thought that was the difference. To be honest with you, I thought that was able to set up Teddy Bridgewater, who we all know isn't going to sit back there and dissect anyone. Yeah. Um, he needs to have some play action fakes, some misdirection, and he was able to set that up for him and, and allow Teddy to, to go out and win the football game.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Next up. Um, the Giants making it a lot closer than I uh than I thought against the Rams. Um, two two things I want to take out of this: Rams no running. Game. No running game. Got to figure it out. I don't know what you got to do. You got to figure it out. <clears throat> but Jared Goff looked good. He did enough to win them the football game. Um, had a touchdown, 103 QBR, no picks, only seven incompletions. Was mighty efficient, um, especially with no running. Game, like I said. And my other takeaway is, if you're not ready to move up Daniel Jones now, when are you going to be?
0: Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand how they can keep giving this dude chance after chance after chance because he's just not that great of a quarterback. Not even a good quarterback, really. I don't he,
1: two touchdowns, five picks on a year.
0: He belongs as maybe a backup, maybe a third string, but he you know, has more
1: than one pick a game, and less and he has he's having a half of a touchdown throw a game. Yeah. And more than a pick a game.
0: Yeah, he's um, that's
1: just not gonna cut.
0: He's not what they call good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, he hasn't looked good. No. Um, all right, on to Buffalo and Vegas.
0: Buffalo just continues to prove that they're pretty legit. And Josh Allen um,
1: is just Josh crazy. Allen's an animal. He's, he's honestly um, working his way up. 288, three total touchdowns, no picks, 116 QBR.
0: He's honestly working his way up to being one of my favorite quarterbacks. Um, I just really like – how he plays the game, um, and I like the upside that we can see and that we can project out with him.
1: I no, mean, I agree. I remember when he was coming out of the draft. Uh, I mean, I was never insanely high on him. I thought he was a little bit too gunslinger, but it ends up coming in. It looks He looks good now. He's refined now. He fits the um, But I still kind of liked him coming out of Wyoming. I thought he was going to be a good prospect, not great. And um, I actually was—I followed him on Instagram. And I'm like, man, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's now starting to prove why I think I like him. Right. Um, I would also say Derek
0: Carr had a really good game as well. He did. It's just their their defense is just not good. If the Raiders could fix their defense, I think they'd have a pretty scary team come playoff time.
1: Look, but. Derek Carr, 107 QBR, throws for 311 yards on a day where Josh Jacobs couldn't move the chains. Yeah. Um so Derek Carr put the offense on his back, able to make accurate throws, give his chance to, his team a chance to win the to win the football game. And I think that's pretty much all you can ask for.
0: Yeah. Um Um alright now Indianapolis,
1: Chicago. Um, it looked like to me <laughs> it looked like the game of very limited quarterbacks. It did. I mean, seriously, people, yes, you could say you want Nick Foles all day. But this is the reality of Nick Foles right here. Inefficient, 26 for 42. 249 yards. He Yes, he had a touchdown, but he had the pick. Only a 76 QBR. That's the reality of Nick Foles. That's, those are backup quarterback stats.
0: He's super inconsistent. 76
1: QBR, that is a backup quarterback stat.
0: Super inconsistent.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yes, their running game was actually terrible, I don't understand how people are still on David Montgomery. Yeah. Um, he's not a good running back. I, I, I don't think he is. I never thought he was coming out of Iowa State. Um, I never saw it with him. I, he doesn't have the explosiveness. He doesn't really have the power. Um, go up, well, he, he he makes people miss a little bit. And he, he led the uh, FBS in broken tackles. Don't care. Don't care. He's not special at anything. Um, I thought Phillip looked okay. He didn't make any mistakes. You know,
0: 87 QBR, 190 yards. Did enough to win the game. Yep. All right. How many games we got left? We got 10 minutes. Just
1: one more. We got the uh, Eagles at the Niners. Eagles ended up pulling it out.
0: Yep. Carson Wentz actually looked pretty good.
1: He he didn't look bad. Uh, He did have that one mistake throw, but I did like his mobility. Seven carries for 37 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, um, I think until he starts getting his arm back and his confidence back, I don't mind him running the ball a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that NFC East division is just such a dumb fire. Right Can you now.
1: believe that the Eagles are at the top of it?
0: Yeah, I don't understand. Are they're like one, two, and one, and they're at the top of the division? I mean,
1: I did predict that we did predict that they would win. Me and you together, we we predicted that they would win that that division we did
0: you know what we should do um we should start doing some check-ins like we should pick different checkpoints throughout the season where we look back at our divisional predictions and see how they're going along and if they're going to possibly make it or not
1: yeah i mean so far we're doing pretty good i think uh remember how i did refine the uh the patriots a little bit yes we shouldn't have because they look good i think i think the more I watch them, I think eight and eight, nine and seven is exactly what they're going to be.
0: Yeah, I don't think that they're going to win a ton of games, but I do think they'll get over five hundred.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, um, but anyway, back to the Sunday night game. Uh, Wentz looked good. They, actually, the quarterbacks for, but um, the Niners looked decent. The only issue I had was Nick Mullins one pick six threw right to the guy. Yeah, um, that was the only issue I had. I mean, the one, the other one uh, pick was. Kind of, kinda of flaky. Um just a good play, you know. Yeah. Uh and you can tip your hat if he if he's only seriously if Nick Mullins is a backup quarterback throwing one pick a game, I could live with him. Mm-hmm. Um but that that second pick is what was crucial. That's what changed the football game. Yep. Um the Niners are just so beat up right now.
0: Yeah, they have they're very injury to play the
1: they are. Um, what well, do you want to get to our predictions for Monday night? Because there's two games
0: tonight. Yes, we have eight minutes to get you two games worth of predictions. So let's just hit the betting lines and, uh, you know.
1: What yeah, so we'll to start me. here with KC. Um, well, or uh, New England at KC. Okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm Cam, I don't, Cam, he's not playing, right? I would assume not. No, he's not. All right, so we'll see if Jared Sidham or Brian Ward comes out there, but I still. But the line was at seven when Camp was going to play. It's now up to ten and a half for KC. Um, I don't like them to cover, but I do like KC to win. I think the only reason I don't like them to cover is because the defense of New England is good. And if anything, if these first three weeks have shown us anything, it's that you don't, you know, you don't rip on Bill check
0: You don't bet against the Raven or uh, the Raven, the Patriots defense.
1: I agree. That's just too large of a spread for that talented defense and Bill Belichick's genius.
0: I like him maybe a touchdown, but not 10 points. That's a little excessive.
1: But then again, if there's any team that's going to do it, it's going to be the Chiefs.
0: Right, because I am just so excited. Right, to I'm, watch going, the I'm going
1: with my time. gut here. The Chiefs are going to cover. Okay. The Chiefs are going to cover. I think Mahomes has shown me this year that he is ready to take that next step. Okay. Um.
0: um what's the over-under?
1: The over/under on that game is forty-eight.
0: Forty-eight. Um, hmm. I like. I like the over, honestly.
1: Weirdly enough, I think I'm going to take the under on this one. Really? Yeah. I, um. It's pretty split. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go. Man, this is tough.
0: This is a really weird thing to. This is a really weird game to predict because you have. Like, this is what's going through my head.
1: Okay. No offense on the Patriots. Yeah.
0: There's not going to be much offense from the Patriots quarterback, whoever they bring out. There's Patrick Mahomes is going to look like Patrick Mahomes. He's going to look fantastic. But then you just don't know how many points that this Patriots offense is going to put up. That's really what I'm hung up on because.
1: I right, right now, so hmm. my gut told me under. Right now, 98% of people are betting me over. I'm going to be that 2%. I'm gonna stick with my gut. Be that two percent. I'm gonna go to the
0: under. Okay, I'll stick with the over. All right. Next game, um, we got five minutes left.
1: Here yeah, we got Atlanta at Green Bay. Yep. Um, outdoor or an indoor team heading to an outdoor. Um, a little bit colder, especially a night game uh, up there in Lambo's. So It'll be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, it might snow. Holy hell, it's already. Um, gone the focus. line
1: is at five and a half for Green Bay. Okay. I wouldn't um, touch this game with a 10-foot pole.
0: Yeah, if you're a sports better and you're thinking about betting this game, don't do it. Um, It's a don't, trap.
1: Because, A, Atlanta, never know what you're going to get.
0: Um, oh, wait. Yeah, we're talking about Atlanta. I'm betting Green Bay. I'm never betting Atlanta again. We said No, no.
1: No, no. The only reason I don't bet Atlanta, it's not because yeah, – well, yes, they both I That's one of the reasons I don't bet Atlanta. The other reason is that they win – weirdly stupid games that they shouldn't win.
0: That's true.
1: They have no business winning this game, but this is one of those games where you're like, okay, I'm never betting for Atlanta. So, you know, deductive reasoning, I should bet against Atlanta. Nope, because they are just so unreliable. You have no idea what you're going to get, especially (laughs) from a better's perspective. I wouldn't touch the game at a 10-foot pole, especially because, so obviously you see that they're 0-3, you know, all the stats say, you know, Green Bay is a better team, all this that Matt Ryan actually plays really, really well against Green Bay. Uh, he has a career pass rating over 100 against Green Bay. Yeah. So there's just so many conflicting things going back and forth here. Um, I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole if I was actually putting money on
0: Well, unfortunately, you do have to yeah. touch this game because you have a sports podcast. So what are you thinking?
1: <laughs> um... I think Matt Lafleur's looked really good as a head coach. his game plans look really good. I trust him to cover this five and a half point spread okay. just based on game plan itself mm-hmm. um, I think this is a could be a ten uh, 10 to 13 point football game. Um, I will take you over though two really really good offenses mm-hmm. um, I mean no matter what you think about Atlanta it's, it's hard to dispute their offense
0: yeah it is I mean Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Yeah, the, oh, by the way, the over-under is 56. I don't know if
1: I said that, but I'm Wait,
0: taking the over. What's the over-under? 56. 56? Um, yeah, I'll take the Just over. Just the Fox. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. I'm going to take Atlanta to mm, I'm taking Green Bay to win.
1: Okay. Think Atlanta's going to cover that?
0: I do think they cover, though. All right. Okay. And I will take the over.
1: All right. So. Well, I mean... Good stuff there, good stuff.
0: Yeah, so that is – those are the Monday night predictions. Um, It's going to be interesting. I'm glad we have two games. kind of makes it, you know, more fun because football starts even earlier, goes later in the night. Oh, yeah. Uh, Got a lot of games to watch tonight. And then even into the MLB, which you're going to get next segment, we have um, our predictions for our game one picks for the MLB postseason, uh, now moving into the divisional series, which I am pretty pumped up about. Uh so don't go anywhere. We do have another rant coming up here uh to start the second segment. So don't go anywhere, not gonna want to miss this next one. What's up guys? We are back. It is segment two uh of the issue podcast for our Monday, October 5th episode. Um Tim is back with me on the phone and he has a rant that he's gonna start us off with. So go ahead, man.
1: Well yeah, um we were talking, we were going over some games. I said uh Oh, I'm going to talk more about Cleveland and and Dallas. Because I think that was definitely the most intriguing game of the weekend. And uh, for me, it also told more about teams that I wanted to know about, you know. Um, Cleveland, obviously, new coach, all the talent you want to see, see how they continue to do. And then Dallas, um, Dallas, obviously a lot of talent, new coach, same thing. I want to see how that goes um so we're we're doing a little rearranging of our episode here usually i don't i don't talk like this this late in the episode um we usually start with some discussions or like like a rant like this yeah yeah we took a step back and realized that we needed our most captivating most fun best segments to listen to at the beginning right because we realized hey small podcast statistically most listeners are at the beginning so we recognize our strength and you play to it you know Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you do in life in Absolutely. general you recognize your strengths and play to it at the same time you're working on your weaknesses on the side okay. but publicly and um, like from a team perspective you you got you to gotta know your strengths and play to your strengths why would you not mm-hmm. um, and that's exactly what Cleveland's beginning to do the Browns now lead the league in rushing with over 200 yards per game and uh, Kevin Stefanski it's like he said hmm, maybe um, yeah, maybe if Baker doesn't throw it three out of every four plays and uh, maybe if we run it like 60% of the time with our insanely deep and talented backfield, then, hey, maybe we could be successful, and so can Baker midfield. And that's exactly what they did. Cleveland ran the football 57% of their plays. Um, honestly, I think it could have been more, but they were just so effective running it that they didn't even need to run more. They had 7.5 yards to touch. Um, and, yeah, they and at the end, they could let Baker get some practice throws in, and that's why he uh, ended up throwing it more than I think he even should. Um, but they ran the ball forty times for three hundred and seven yards and three touchdowns, two from Kareem Hunt. Oh, and by the way, that's without Nick Chubb for pretty much the whole game. Mm-hmm. That's the story of this game: coaching, coaching to the strengths of the team, and playing complementary football. Um, Cleveland led in time of possession, total amount of drives, red zone trips, touchdowns, rushing yards, um, attempts, touchdowns, and turnovers. So, not not a lot of flashy stats. I didn't say. I didn't say passing yards. I didn't say big plays. I didn't say any of that. But Mike McCarthy, who, in my opinion, is an early candidate for the worst coach that really shouldn't be this bad. Joe Judge is there as well. Worst new coach that really should not be this bad. Mike McCarthy on a team with a payroll out the wazoo and most of it goes to the running back and offensive linemen. Wants to spread the field, increase tempo, and make his defense, which isn't a strong suit, stay on the field longer. It's like no one – like how is he not seeing this? He's a veteran coach. It's not like it's rocket science to see it. I've been studying football for a year and a half, and I can see this. So let's see what the things that Dallas did lead the game in. They led the game in total yards, passing yards, yards per play, passing touchdowns. Well, isn't that – oh, those are all the flashy stats. Okay. Those are all the fun, flashy, cool stats. So I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. But do you think it's possible that even though, yeah, it is fun, flashy, and cool to throw the football 58 times and only giving a top three running back 12 carries, do you think, it, do you think it's possible that, that that doesn't lead to wins? I mean, seriously, you guys think I'm nuts? Luke, you did too a little bit. You don't even disagree with me. You said, "Oh, Dak looked good. Dak looked good."
0: I mean, yes, that
1: Dak, you were like, "Yeah, he looked good." You wanna know what my rebuttal was?
0: It didn't it didn't translate to a what, win.
1: What was the score going into the fourth quarter?
0: I don't know the exact 40, score. They were...
1: 41 to 14. Yep. Come on now. 41-14. Can anyone can anyone out there tell me how many possessions, not including two-point conversions that is? That's four possessions. That's a four touchdown game. Yeah. This, that, that that that's barely even a spread in college games. And Dak in 45 minutes couldn't get this game to less than four possessions as a favorite at home against a beat up Brown secondary with all the talent in the world. And I'm not saying Cleveland's a bad team, like on defense. And I'm not saying that, you know, this is all on Dak. This is about 70% of coaching and ownership because Mike McCarthy shouldn't even have gotten an interview. And the other 30, you split it between Dak and the defense because, yes, I know the defense was horrific. And some may ask, well, why shouldn't have Mike even done an interview? Because this man cannot create a run game. He ranked in the bottom 10 in the league every single year as the Packers head coach in run game. And who is the guy that the Cowboys are paying the most money to outside of the quarterback position? Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Who else? The offensive line. Who? Yeah, it's getting worse, but it's still a top 10 offensive line when Tyron Smith's healthy. And an offense with that much skill, you can't overthink it. Yeah. So back to my rebuttal um, to you, I said, so yeah, I agree. His fourth quarter was very nice. It was really good. Um, but what I have an issue with is that it's yet another garbage time stat line from Dak. Yet another stat line that was made in the fourth quarter when it didn't matter. I mean, seriously, that game was a complete and utter blowout. The yeah. final score is so deceiving on so many levels. I watched that game from start to finish. It was not even close to a comeback. People were like, oh, the Browns were able to stave off the the Cowboys. The final score was a two-possession game with a two-point conversion to even tie the game. (laughs) I mean, yeah, great, valiant effort. I like that they didn't quit. But this team just simply isn't good. Just because Dak against cover four can dump it to Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, or CeeDee Lamb over the middle and watch them scamper for 16 – That doesn't mean that he can win the big game. That doesn't mean he could win when it counts. That game was lost in the second quarter when Dallas put up no points and then came on the third quarter and looked completely flat and put up no points again. Yeah. You know, I I refuse to sit here and listen to people rave about Dak, um, about how Dak and the defense lost this game. Yes, I'm banging Dak, but Lord, was the coaching –
0: Bad. Yeah, how many how many unanswered points did the Browns put up? <laughs> Wasn't it like forty or something like that. It
1: was it was fourteen nothing early, I believe.
0: Yeah, but after um, that, after the Cowboys, no, no yeah, no, that's what I'm
1: saying. So I think it was fourteen nothing early, and then they went down 41-14. So I, yeah, I think um
0: like thirty something here.
1: 40- yeah, it, it was definitely close to forty unanswered points. Yeah. Um, but seriously, I, I, from a skill standpoint, right now, who'd you rather have Dak or Baker Mayfield?
0: From a skill standpoint,
1: yeah,
0: mm, I just don't trust Baker with the ball enough. No,
1: you're right. That's exactly the answer I was looking for. I'm, uh, guys, I bang on both these guys. I bet probably bang on Dak even a little bit more. I'd rather have Dak than Baker Mayfield skill wise. Yeah, he's bigger. He's more durable. He can run. He has a stronger arm. Yes. But now, if you're bundling in coaches, I'll take Baker Mayfield ten times out of ten right now.
0: With Kevin Stefanski? Kevin Stefanski
1: is actually playing to his strengths, and it's winning football games. Look, Mike. I'm talking to Mike McCarthy right now. You can draw up any play you want to make Dak throw for 60,000 yards in a season. And you can throw for 150 touchdowns. Faith, if, if you're going to throw him 58 times a game, you're still going to be 7-9, and 8-8 eight eight at best. Mm-hmm. At best, you're 1-3. Project that out. You're 4-12 and 12 at the end of this year if you continue playing like he is and coaching like he is. Yeah. I could not possibly care less about those stats. If you're not winning the football game, it doesn't matter. If you're not playing complimentary football, it doesn't matter. And they're not playing complimentary football. They're not possessing the ball enough. They're not handing the ball off enough. They're not even disguising their defense well enough. With Demarcus Lawrence and the emergence of new you know, veteran Alden Smith out of the game for four years, comes back, has been really good. Led the league in um, sacks up until this week. I think he still even might be in the top three. That should have been a handful for that young that young Browns offensive line. That Browns offensive line tossed those boys around. The Cowboys had two sacks and let up 300 yards rushing. I mean, it's like it's too obvious. It's like a, I don't understand how you guys aren't seeing this. Flashy doesn't win games. Good complementary team football does. And here, I'll prove it to you right now. Let's look at a list of teams that are 0-3, 0-4, or 1-3 that have equal – to better talent than Dallas offensively and from a flash standpoint. Mm -hmm. So we look at Dallas Houston, a little bit we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I know we can sit here and say that Sean Watson doesn't have weapons. Will Fuller. Really good. Randall Cobb. Really good. David Johnson went healthy. Really good. Yeah. JJ Watt. Good. You know, they have the flash. It's there, but they're and four. Minnesota, Adam Thielen, Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson, Kirk cousins. When he's on a really, really flashy quarterback. One and three you look at detroit oh well detroit um people are like oh they're not flashy they're they're actually a not good team well actually they they do have a a lot of talent kenny galladay marvin jones um adrian peterson i mean i guess he's getting older but you still have adrian peterson deandre swift young guy a lot of talent tj hawkinson's (laughs) one of the best young tight ends in the league they're one and three how about the LA Chargers? Well, you got Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler when he's healthy and uh, well, Mike wi- uh, Mike Williams, yeah. Oh, well, well they're one in three. Huh. That's weird. Oh, well, let's continue on. How about Atlanta? Oh, my God. All the flash in the world, all the pizzazz in the world. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan. Sweet new uniforms. They're LN3. Yeah. So now let's look at look look at a list of less talented teams that play together, have a good game plan, stick to it. Right? Chicago with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky are three and one. Buffalo with I know yes they they get Stephon Diggs, but outside of Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, it's not like their offense is loaded.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: They're four now. Way better coaching. Sean McDermott's a really good young coach. Indianapolis. A lot of injuries outside of T.Y. Hilton. I mean, look, they lost their starting running back. They've had plenty of injuries at wide receiver. Phillip Rivers is a completely immobile, limited quarterback. They're 3-1. and one. Seattle. Yes, they have a really, really good um, uh, wide receiving core. I think it's improving. Not completely deep. Outside of the top two, they really don't have a lot of guys. And they have a terrible offensive of line and no running game. 4 now. Oh. Even Baltimore. Outside of their running game, they got no one to throw to. Yes, Mark Andrews is great. You think a Hollywood Brown? If you think he's a top um, guy in the league, you're wrong. They're four zero. Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill is three and zero. Pittsburgh with James Conner inconsistent as ever. Juju inconsistent as ever. Big Ben, we had no idea what we were going to get. He just had baseball surgery as a quarterback. Yeah, and he's they're three and zero. I mean, you're noticing a trend here. Talent equals mediocre. What you do with talent is what separates teams in this league. Cool. Look, everyone's a five-star athlete. Everyone can run, throw, catch, etc. It's not about that. Yep. It's about what you do with the talent. I mean, come on, open your eyes. Um, that's, all, that's all I got. Um, Dallas is completely not using their, their talent correctly. They're not playing complimentary football. That's that's all, you
0: know. Just like you always say, it is another DAX stat line that didn't translate to a win. I mean, you look at his stat line; he was forty-one for fifty-eight, threw for five hundred and two yards, four touchdowns, one pick, one hundred and twelve passer rating. You'd think, oh, if you just if you read me that stat line alone, I would think, well, yeah, that team won, right? But no, it's you just know, another empty. And it stat might be part of Dak. his
1: defense. And yeah, it might be part of the defense. But I would also counter that it's also part of the offense's fault. Yes. And that, that falls on Mike McCarthy. They're not possessing the football enough.
0: Well, Dallas can't stop a nosebleed either. so
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it also might be the fact that, yeah, Dallas had more total offensive plays, but they were behind time of possession by almost eight minutes. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So what's that telling you? They're playing way too up-tempo. Their drives are not sustained long enough. And they're just throwing their defense right back out there, even though the defense is getting torched. Yeah, that's true.
0: Oh, well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Dak just he, he can't can't seem to break out of this little thing he's in every can't single week. To,
1: can't seem to to win football games, mm-hmm. and that might not even be him. That might I think that falls on him and coaching a little.
0: Right. Well, we are going to move away from the NFL now, and we are going to get into some major league baseball. Um. So the divisional series are starting, guys. There are two series that are starting up tonight. That would be the Astros and the A's. That
1: I mean, one actually starts in, as of right now, as of 3.54, standard Easter time. That game actually starts in 12 minutes at 4.07.
0: Okay, so Astros-Athletics, um, Rays-Yankees, those games are tonight. And then tomorrow, um, it will be game two of those series that I just read. And it will be game one for the Marlins and the Braves and the Padres and the Dodgers. So what we're going to do is we're going to predict game one for all four of these series, and right, uh, um, I'm go from there. So let's get into the
1: Astros and the A's real quick, because like I said, we only have 11 and a half minutes before you know our picks become invalid. Yes. Um, I, I was picking the the A's. I think you are as well. Um, the Athletics won seven out of ten regular season meetings. Uh, the pitcher that they're throwing out there today, um, I believe it's Chris Bassett. Yes, Chris Bassett. Um, he's one to know this postseason with a one point nine ERA in the. In the regular season at 229 ERA. I like his whip. It's a 1.16 as a starting pitcher that's really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, only, he's going against Lance McCullers, who is kind of unproven, um, especially as a number one. Well, right now he's acting as the team's number one starter. He's starting game one. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I like the A's. I like the A's
0: too. Um, I think they have a lot of good talent on that team. I don't like the Astros. Um, I don't like their hitting as much in this postseason. Yes, they looked good in a couple games, but they their hitting has looked inconsistent. Um, I like the Athletics. I think it's going to be a tight series. I think the a's have
1: a more have a more well rounded lineup from top to bottom. Yes, I mean, look, a guy leading this series in, in batting average for the A's is Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. Who is Sean Murphy? <laughs> Right. I mean, come on, seriously. Like, so, like, when you get production like that out of random guys, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what you need at the tip of the playoffs. Yep. Um, so I'll go ahead and
0: take the A's for game one as well. And oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. Oh, hold up. The, uh,
1: the the spread on that's one and a half. Um. I, I I like um I like Oakland to cover that. Actually, I think it's a two run game.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think
1: it's a. I think it's a five three game, which means I would take the under. Which is at eight and a half. Fox Bet says.
0: Dang, over under is eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, I'll take the under. All um, right. I like the Athletics. I like the Athletics to cover that spread. It'll be good. I think they win. Mm. You know what? I I like them in a one run ball game here. I think it's going to be okay. four four three. I'm taking the under.
1: Okay, you're taking the under, but you're you're taking Houston to cover. Yes,
0: I'm taking Houston to cover. All right. Um, how
1: about the uh, Yanks and the Rays? We got uh, the Yankees are favored by um a run and a half, uh-huh. and the over under is six and a half.
0: Okay, this one is this one's interesting because I like the Yankees game one. I like them with Garrett Cole, um, but. Through the course of the series, I think I like the Rays for the series. But um, we are just doing game one predictions. So I'm going to take the Yankees. I'm going to take them by two runs in this game. I think Eric Cole's going to be able to hold it down. Uh, he's not going to give up much to the Rays. So mm, Yankees by two runs, and I'm going to take the over.
1: All right. Um, I am going to take the under because I think they had two insanely good pitchers. <clears throat> Um, I also, I, I like the Yankees by two as well So I'm going to take uh, take the Yankees to cover I think it's I think it's a 3-1 ball game to be honest with you. I think it's very low scoring
0: Yeah, well I know um,
1: it could be. Blake Snell going against Garrett Cole That's a great matchup
0: Yeah I mean, it's really just going to come down to How long can the starting pitchers hold on to this thing Yeah um, When you're looking at the over-under Because, I mean, once they have to go to their bullpen I think that's when runs start uh, getting chopped up at least in that one um move down to the Marlins and the Braves who do you got for that one
1: um Atlanta is here by a run and a half over under seven and a half um, this one's tough for me I don't we got Max freed going against um Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins. I was telling you earlier, I like the Mons, but then you were starting to read me all these stats, and the more I think about it, the more I think you're right. Um, I see the Braves won 6 out of 10 of the regular season games. Their offense is so potent, and I think they're actually just starting to hit their stride. Right. Um, Marcelo Azuna is slugging the ball at an insane rate. Yes, um, Acuna is hitting the ball well. I'm going to have to go with the, uh, with the Braves on this one. I, I think it's a one-run game, though. I don't like them to cover that spread. And I think it's actually kind of high scoring. I'm going to go like 6-5. Okay. So
0: I'm going to take the over. Okay. Um, I like the Braves. And this is why. This was my reasoning to you. I'm going to let our listeners know. We were talking during the break a little bit. One um, of the most important stat categories to me in baseball is on-base percentage. If you can get on-base, good things are going to happen. So I like that. I like that thinking. Right. If you can get on-base, no matter how you can do it, whether it's a walk, whether you, you know, no matter how you do it, as long as you can get on base, you're gonna put runners in scoring position. You're gonna have opportunities. You're gonna have opportunities on the base paths. Uh, you're gonna be able to capitalize on mistakes from the catcher. You're gonna be able to take extra bases. But none of that can happen unless you get runners on base.
1: Put pressure on the defense.
0: Right. So you look at some of these categories, and I think this little strand of luck that the Marlins have gotten here late, I think it's gonna evaporate soon, and this is why. Atlanta in batting average. We're going to roll through. This is all Atlanta stats right now. Atlanta is second in batting average, first in the league and on base percentage, second in runs, second in home runs, first in slugging percentage, 15th in ERA, which is tough, 20th in batting average against, and 17 in walks plus hits per innings pitched. Now,
1: Okay, so not great pitching stats, but the offense is obviously potent.
0: Yes. Now you flip it over to the Marlins. 16th in batting average, 17th in on-base percentage, 21st in runs, 25th in home runs, 25th in slugging, 21st in ERA, 25th in batting average against, and 25th in walks plus hits per rating pitch. They don't lead a single stat category over, over yeah, the break. They're
1: just a, an incredibly average team that just is finding a way to win ballgames.
0: They are the Tennessee Titans of, um, of baseball right now. The Tennessee Titans. They are, team. yeah. But I'm going to take the Braves. I'm going to take the Braves to cover, and I like the over.
1: All right, all right. Because
0: they're both pretty weak pitching staffs.
1: Yeah, they're both not great.
0: Okay. We'll move to the Padres and the Dodgers.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I, like the, I like the Padres game one. We were talking um, off the air, the momentum they have right now. Um, As I think, I think what wins them game
0: one, they're a momentum team. Do you see what happened in that game? As soon as they get a run, as soon as 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 San Diego gets a spark in any of the games they're playing, they take off and they'll put up like four to five in that inning. It's crazy. Every time they get a little bit of a just a nudge of momentum, they they go off. They're crazy. I'm going to take the Padres game one. No, No question.
1: All right, yeah, me too. Um, we don't even know who their starter is yet. I'm hoping. one of the two between Clevenger and Lumet, um, get their injury figured out and then end up starting.
0: Now, if you're one of those, if you're Lamette, what are you saying?
1: Obviously, I, I don't have, you know, they know their bodies better than anyone. So um, I, I would say it depends how they feel. But if I felt 80%, um, I'm telling my coach that I'm marching out there and he's going to have to stop me with a bodyguard or, or something.
0: Right. Right, Or you just use an all-bullpen game again, which didn't seem to hurt them that much. I mean, nine pitchers, nine yeah. innings, they did a really good job. No runs. Really no good runs. job. Yes. It,
1: I mean, straight up, when you can throw nine pitchers in a nine-inning game and give up no runs, you can pitch a shutout like that? Yeah. I mean, that just speaks volumes.
0: Well, I mean, the Padres have arguably the best bullpen in the in the entire league.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they got a lot of guys at the deadline. You got um, Rosenthal, Tavilla, um, Austin Adams came over in that Seattle trade as well. Yeah. Um, And then they have just, I forget his name, but he's got a really weird windup as a lefty. He's good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so no, I think they're a really good
0: team. I think they're going to have some trouble with the Dodgers, though. The Dodgers are just so talented. Oh, it's going to be an interesting Um, series.
1: Oh, it is, because you're going to see a lot of you are going to see an up-and-coming team meet a veteran team, both with tons of talent. Yeah. And we're going to see what's going to win, young talent or experienced talent, because generally in the postseason, I would say that the experienced talent is going to win, but we have no idea because there's no fans. There's none of that.
0: Yeah, experience Um, doesn't really matter too much right now, which is kind of crazy.
1: If it did, the Cardinals would have won. They've all been there like a billion and a half times.
0: Yeah. Well, either way, it's playoff baseball, and I am pumped up to watch it. So, wait, do, is there is there a line on that game yet since the pitchers haven't been released?
1: Um, yeah, no, there should be a line. Let me check on that. Well, at least – Yeah, two. the over-under is eight, and uh, L.A. is favored by uh, a run and a half.
0: Okay. Um, I like the Padres to win. I like the Padres to cover. And I like the under.
1: I am gonna take the under as well. I think it's a one-run game. I don't think um, I don't think it gets anything outside of that. But I will take the under as well. Yeah. I don't know if I said that, but I'll take the under and I'll take San Diego to win.
0: Well, that just about does it.
1: Yeah. Um, here, um, do we, have, do we have some uh, some time for uh, some news.
0: Yeah, we got five-ish minutes. So yeah. Um, news for tonight, the Packers star receiver here, DeVante Adams will be out. Oh man. Um,
1: that's not good. See what else? Um, also, oh yeah, also Sony, Michelle will be out for the, uh, for the Patriots. Okay. Um, yet another reason for me to say that the chiefs are going to cover. Yeah. Um, that's, that's actually about it. Um, there's not too much, too, too much going on. Um, Ron Rivera is awesome. Um, He's, he's getting treatments for cancer during the season, during games sometimes. Um, he's still going out there and putting on an amazing display of coaching. He's one of um, the best. So man. shout out to him. Obviously wishing the best.
0: One of the best, for sure.
1: That's about it,
0: though. All right, so that just about does it for our episode. Uh, if you want to go back and listen, we covered all of our thoughts from Sunday in the first segment. We got you guys our predictions for tonight, for Monday Night Football. Um, Tim gave us a rant about, you know, the uh, – <laughs> Just about Situation the inco- – Situation
1: Dallas. The and inconsistency,
0: in, uh, yes, in Dak. Um, and then, I mean, we just got our – MLB predictions for the game, for game one of the series, um, for all these series, actually, for the, all of the divisional round. So it should be good. A lot of sports to watch tonight, a lot of things to keep an eye on. Uh, make sure you go into our Twitter at the Issue Podcast and our Instagram at the underscore Issue Podcast. Uh, we should be posting on there. And then Wednesday, we actually have a pretty cool new segment that we're going to be bringing to you guys. It's going to be our rankings of quarterback. We're going to be, um, basically ranking every quarterback um every week and putting them into three different categories so look out for that on wednesday and uh yeah that just about does it so tim thanks for joining and uh, i'll be texting you bud
1: all right sounds like a plan
0: that was the issue